When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Michael's on every week when I put the pictures up of my friends in the New York Post every couple of weeks. There's Michael Goodwin. Good morning, Michael. How are you, pal? Uh, good morning, Jim. Thank you. It's great to have uh, great to have you back. And your last couple of columns, as always, right on the money. I like this one. Millions losing faith in our system over Trump-Biden divide. Quote, can't vote our way out of this injustice. It was interesting. I just had Larry Kudlow on the show. I know you like Larry. And... uh sure. Larry said, you know, say what you want about Trump or Biden, but what's happening here right now, it's very simple. Joe Biden is trying to throw his opposition in jail, and that's not America. So there is a Trump-Biden divide, which is nasty. The country's divided. But I'm sorry, Mike. I'm going to take one side over the other and say the reason is, while both sides have issues, the Democrats are completely insane. <laughs> As opposed to Republicans who are, what, partially yes, insane? Yes, yes. Uh, one side is actually worse than the other. You can blame them both. I'm okay with that. But the Democrats, I mean, every one of these policies, they've gone off the rails, Mike. Well, look, I, I, I would certainly say, Sid, that, you know, when you look at sort of some of the red states, the a lot of the policies are very distinct from the national policies, and the Democrats are largely driving the national agenda. I think much of what we have seen in, in really in recent decades is Republicans reacting to the Democrat uh, initiatives, to their agenda, to their narrative of how life should be. I mean, the, the current fracas over you know, transgenderism, uh, over cancel culture, uh, all of these are Democrat driven ideas and the republicans are you know as William f buckley said you know basically standing athwart uh, history and saying stop um, and that's the way the democrats view it that their job is to push the nation into the future and republicans as conservatives want to conserve what is good and best about the past and and the founding the the current nature of the country the verities the the principles the the traditions um, and so this conflict now has has pretty much gone nuclear and i think it's it's visible across so many battlefields i mean it's like front, you know the fronts in war where the fighting erupts at different places this feels like it's now across every front it's one big war the left against uh, the conservatives and i would say actually it's the far left because of their policies are so far out of the mainstream so far abnormal to most americans i mean uh, as symbolized by that uh uh, Pride Day event on the White House lawn yeah. the other day, which yep. is, becomes vulgar. It's demeaning to oh. every part of the culture, and yet it's coerced into the culture. Well, Michael, forced in. how about tonight? The Dodgers are playing the Giants, and they've got an anti-Catholic LGBTQ group that does skits about the Eucharist and Jesus 
using condoms and sexually graphic skits, and they're going to honor them at the Dodger-Giant game tonight, which is grotesque and nasty. And look, you're right. There is this crazy divide, and both sides seem to be digging in. And we've got some of that in the city as well. And you look at this, Daniel Penny, I'll be back on Fox News again tonight with Jesse Waters. I was on two nights ago with Brian Kilmeade talking about this story. As far as I'm concerned, Michael Goodwin, Daniel Penny's a hero. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's a hero. If more New Yorkers did what Daniel Penny did, we'd have less deaths on the subway. Yet, 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 it's become a race issue because of crazy lefty Al Sharpton. It's become a, a criminal issue because crazy leftist Alvin Bragg. So we're experiencing that right now, Michael, in our own city. No, that's a good point that, uh, you know, again, everything gets, you know, who, who gets to write the narrative, right? That's the, that's the argument. What's the narrative of that case? Is it Daniel Penny uh, uh, saved uh, people's lives by perhaps by wrestling uh, Neely to the ground, by holding him down along with other, pa- uh, other uh, passengers? Um, is, is that is that the storyline, or is it its race? This poor man who was homeless and who was black and mentally ill, and he was, you know, a vigilante snuffed out his life. I mean, those are the conflicting narratives we have. And, of course, in most cases, the truth uh, is somewhere in the middle, not necessarily right down the middle. But these are the things we can't seem to work out that everything has to be win or lose. There's no compromise. And, look, I think Washington and Albany are the kind of places, Sid, that they won't compromise with each other anymore. And this, I think, has become the ethos in the whole country. Nobody's getting along. Uh, I mean, it's just crazy. What You see what happens on airlines with with passengers going crazy on each other. I mean, there's something in the culture that's breaking down. And to me, it is about this ability that, you know, you, you have to have some self-restraint. It can't just be up to society to restrain you. And that's what Democrats want to do. They want to use the power of the law, law enforcement always, to restrain you, to coerce you. And Republicans, I think, in general believe it's a little bit more live and let live, you know, yes. but self-respect, for, but respect for yep. traditions and boundaries. And so this clash, as I say, I mean, to me, the subway incident feels like here we go again. It's very much in the same vein. Everything, everyone goes to their corners on every one of these issues. And it's, it's really something that I think is tearing mm. this country apart. I agree. But you mentioned earlier the, you know, the radical left, the progressive left. And I have to tell you, Michael, that I was always taught as a little boy living in that small town, Brooklyn, New York, the majority wins. <laughs> and now what I'm noticing is transgenders make up less than 1% of the population, but we worry about them. We make laws for them. Gays make up about 3% of the population. Everybody's gay this month. Everybody, even me, and I'm married with, with two kids. And then uh, you've got uh, all the legal uh, issues as well. And then you've got guys like Joe Biden who really, for the most part, spent a lot of his Democrat political life uh, closer to a centrist than a Democrat, and he's been pulled completely to the left. I don't know that many common-sense Democrats anymore. Even Adams, who was a Republican, 
A lot of times now, he's being being pulled to the left. So I don't know if the radical left, progressive left, is necessarily the uh, the minority. I feel like they're pulling all the strings. Well, I, I, I would grant you that certainly they've had an outsized impact on social policy in the Biden administration and in many other states, and including New York. Uh, and including New York City. Uh, no question about it. I mean, if, again, if you look back to the 21 mayoral race, Eric Adams was the most conservative Democrat who could be elected. That's why I supported him. Uh, it was because uh, it was either Eric Adams or Maya Wiley oh. or, you know, some of the other sort of socialist leaning uh, candidates. Catherine Garcia primary. was there. So I think Catherine Garcia was third, I believe. I'm not sure. But yes. Yes. Uh, she was second, I think, in the end. Right. Second or third. Garcia and Wiley. Right. And Garcia was was OK on some issues, but she seemed to lack, I think, just sort of the strength and the confidence to really carry through. I wasn't clear where she was. I think she's, she came across as a little wishy-washy. Yeah, I would say that's true. So have you given up hope? I mean, look, you're, you're a pretty optimistic guy. I remember I yelled at you once when you first started coming on regularly because you were still writing some nice things about the mayor. And I said, listen, the mayor's on my show every two weeks. You know, he still is, Michael. And I've dined with the mayor. I've spent uh, time with the mayor. He spent time with my wife, Danielle, my son, Gabriel. I like him, you know. But the truth is, lately I find myself criticizing Mayor Adams a lot more than applauding him. That's just, and I said to you, come on, Mike, what are you waiting for? Come on my side. <laughs> um, but you're an optimist. You're but, talking to Curtis a lot. Right. You know? <laughs> that's true. Curtis, Curtis is absolutely, he's, he's, he's killed me. He's, he's contaminated me. But have you lost hope, Mike, and you feel like there's still hope for this city? Well, look, what choice do we have? I mean, he's mayor for, what, two and a well, half Well, let me stop you years. right there. What choice do we have? The choice that hundreds of thousands are making, and that is have dinner in Delray Beach tonight. <laughs> well, yes. Look, that that is an option. And uh, every time you see something like, uh, you know, now the reparations movement, oh, uh, you oh. know, the, the these union contracts where there was not a single give back, not a single thing that would relieve the cost of the new of the raises. I mean, that is the traditional give and take of collective bargaining, that even though these are Democratic-controlled unions, uh, they're going to vote for the mayor ultimately, uh, but that they have to recognize a greater good than just what they can put in their pockets. No, there was none of that. The mayor did not demand any real givebacks. And so the cost of the contracts is there's no offset. It's a net cost to the citizenry, which, of course, means more taxes. You know, the thing that strikes me is that if I had to finger point one thing that makes me feel the city has has lost its bearings. It's the idea that the MTA has all of this uh, fare beating going on, hundreds of millions of dollars a year, buses and subways, right? And the answer is congestion pricing. (laughs) The people who don't ride the subways, the people who pay their taxes, they will pay more because the MTA (laughs) and the prosecutors refuse to enforce the law and make everyone pay their fair fare. No, we're not going to do that. We're just going to maybe wink and let them let let, you know, hundreds of thousands of people every day skip and beat the fair, commit the crime. We're not going to call it a crime, and we're going to tax other people to make up the difference. That's what's unfair. That's the kind of thing that's going to kill this city.
That's why you're a genius. I swear to God, Mike, you just made such an unbelievable point. I got to tell you, when I leave here at 10 o'clock, I'm going to take the, the four, the five, or the six, probably the four, or the five down to Wall Street to hop on a ferry and go home. And uh, every day I see a bunch of people doing it, not just kids jumping the no. style. And I get mad because I'm like, wait a second. I just spent $133 on a Metro card for the month. What do I have to pay? I, I yell at the kids. I go, hey, kid. I just paid. Go back and buy one. One of these days, somebody's going to punch me across the face. But, <laughs> but Mike, it pisses me off. It, and you're right. It's a huge issue. And congestion pricing, that is a brilliant point out of you. Brilliant. Oh, that's what it's for. Oh, for support mass transit. Well, how about mass transit tightens the screws on the money it's already been given? Yep. I mean, <laughs> then then we could have a, re- a rational conversation about how much more money does it yep. need. But it's bleeding cash every day. You know, it, this is this is what the city does. It's wasteful in everything it does. I mean, it's notoriously so. And what does it do? It keeps demanding more and more cash. You know, it's like the uh, the poker table in, in the casinos. How high is the rake, <laughs> right? Well, the rake is pretty darn high when it comes to New York City. Yeah, that's another great analogy. Hey, I love having you on, man. You really are terrific. Michael Goodwin, New York Post columnist. Keep doing what you do and keep talking. New York needs you. Thanks very much, pal. We'll do it again next week. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Sid. Thank you. Thank you. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.